Welcome, everyone. Um, it's, gosh, sometimes I just want to sit after worship, like you guys get to do now. It's, <laughs> oh, that was good worship. Thank you, guys. Um, so I, tonight, I, I want to just um, talk a, bit, a little bit more about the prophetic. Uh, if you were here two weeks ago, Tyler did a, just a fantastic job talking about prophecy. If you weren't here two weeks ago, please listen to his sermon. Um, the the um, theological foundation, the practical steps, um, talking about interpretation and revelation, it was, it was wonderful, um, and his heart for the Lord's voice. So please listen to that if, if you weren't here. Um, I, I'm going to just try and round it out, um, and I'm, I'm actually going to go back to some basics in terms of the Lord's voice. And, um, and then we'll finish with a little practical demonstration. Okay, so uh, forgive me if the first part of what I do is like really obvious. Um, I think sometimes we, just, we need to go back to the basics and, re- and remind ourselves um, of this God who speaks to us. Um, I was... I was remembering, I've told the story a long time ago. I don't know how many of you would even remember it, but you know, I'm so grateful that I grew up with a father who, who would always listen to the Lord's voice when he was preparing for church. And we had a church of, I don't know, three or 400 people in South Africa, and, um, and he gave this really bizarre sermon. I've never heard a sermon like it um, Hadn't heard it before, never heard one since. Um, and, and, and my father, so he, he spoke about the darkness. And he, and he found every scripture where God was in the darkness. And not just triumphing over the darkness, but it was literally in it. And, um, and I remember him... <laughs> Sorry, it still makes me cry. Um... I remember him coming home after the, after the service and saying, I don't know why I gave that sermon. I think it was for one person. And was, my dad was like that. If he felt the Lord had a word for one person, he would give it. And, um, and, and it was me. I was one person. I, I, I was a teenager, and um, for a couple of years, I was terrified of the dark. Like, I couldn't go outside at night by myself. Um, my brothers had encouraged me to watch a very scary movie with them. And um, what older brothers are like. Uh, Stephen King movie. And um, after, after that film, I couldn't go into the dark. And my dad, it was about werewolves. And my dad didn't talk about werewolves. You know, he didn't talk about Stephen King. He didn't talk about nightmares, nothing. He just spoke about God and the darkness. And something that he did in that moment spoke to the spirit of God in me. And I was no longer afraid. And I, you know, I often wonder how, how, how much longer that would have gone on if my dad hadn't been obedient to the voice of the Lord speaking. And, you know, my, my dad's heading towards the end of his life, um, but he's still a marvel to me um, for the way that he's heard the Lord's audible voice, the way that Scripture comes alive to him. 
He's been sitting in a room and God has literally written on a wall with ink, with his hand. Uh, for my dad to actually read what he was saying. Um, just tremendous. Um, <laughs> tremendous promise that has always drawn me into, into wanting more intimacy with the Lord. Um, So, um, just, yeah, just before I forget, I think this, this, I'm trying to be obedient here, this might just be for one or two people, but um, yeah, we were praying in pre-service prayers, and, and I had a, real, a really strong sense of, um, of someone in the church needing to be reminded of God's mercy and of his grace. Um, yeah, I, don't think this is, I think this is literally for one or two people um, that are really struggling with their sense of self-worth and, and worthiness before the Father. Uh, it might be a sin issue. Um, it might just be a general insignificance issue, but just fearing coming to, coming to the Lord. Um, and both before the service and now during worship, I just, I, just, I, was, I just felt the Lord just calling me to pray for mercy and him saying, my mercy and my grace is sufficient. And so if that, if that is you, if you are, if you are struggling with, with insignificance or just the fact that you don't feel you're worthy to come to the Lord, Jesus says that he is worthy and his mercy and his grace are sufficient. Um, and if that, if that is for you and you want prayer, please come up, please come up at the end and, and receive some prayer. Um, I've also, there's a couple of copies. This is a really, I'm going to forget otherwise, on the back table. If you haven't heard the Lord speak or you just want a really basic exercise, um, this is an exercise from, from Mike Richards, who's um, a kind of friend of the house, once removed. Um, he was Adam Narciso's mentor. Um, and it's like a, you can make it five minutes, you can make it 20 minutes, but it's a really easy reflection in scripture with writing down things and listening to the Lord's voice. Um, I, I did it, um, and it was just so nice to go back to, to basics. So if you want a little exercise you can do this week, please grab um, a sheet at the back. Okay. Um, so, like I said, I, I'm just start with some basics. I had a student come up to me this week after class and, um, and ask me, you know, am I being stupid trying to listen to the Lord's voice? Um, he didn't grow up in a church where, where, this, where the idea that you could hear God's voice was ever said, and he's so earnest and he's seeking and it's beautiful. Um, you know, and I said, well, of course it is. Just look at scripture. Just read scripture. Um, and he said, like what? You know, like what? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind us of some things. I'm, I'm going to do some general statements. And then I'm going to go into some specifics. I'm going to talk about the, sort of the nine, I think, most common ways that God speaks to us. Okay. And all of us, all of us will, will probably have experienced at least one of these. In fact, yeah, I'm really confident at least one of these. Um, but I, I doubt all of us have experienced all nine. Um, and I'm hoping we'll be encouraged to want more. Right? To, to seek the Lord to speak to us in new ways, deeper ways, more, more exciting ways, more vivid ways, more tangible ways. So we remember that we, we have a God who speaks. Um, right from the beginning of Scripture with Adam and Eve, we have a God who speaks. And I love the fact that where we see the clearest conversation between God and Adam and Eve, it's after the fall. It's after the sin. 
They're not consumed by the holiness of God. They have a conversation with him. It's not a nice conversation, but he talks to them. Our scripture begins with this. We see God speaks to Cain and to Noah and to Moses and Isaiah and Jacob and Isaac and Miriam and Gideon and Ezekiel, Samuel and Daniel, David and Solomon, just to mention a few. We worship a God who speaks. We know very clearly in the New Testament he speaks to Peter and to Paul and to John and of course to Jesus. We were, we were made for fellowship. We were made for communication. And all of us know, and I know, I know we hear this, and we might sort of nod, nod our heads, but it's the most basic principle of relationship that we communicate. And, it, and it's normally with the spoken word, for those of us who speak, and most of us do, but for some of us who are deaf or dumb, there's other ways to communicate, there's other ways to know intimacy, there's other ways to know love, but there's always communication. Whether it's a word or a touch or a feeling, a sense. And two weeks ago, I, you know, one, one of the things that Tyler said, which so clearly, which was so beautiful, is when, when you look at Pentecost, and you look at this outpouring of the Spirit, this, this moment which separates the Old from the New Testament, where Jesus' promise is fulfilled, the scripture that Peter uses to describe it, to explain it, is the scripture from Joel where we have this incredible promise, which I, I want to read just a part again. And Peter says, Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. On all flesh. And it's poured out. It's not a trickle. It's not a dab here and there, like in the Old Testament where God needed someone to do something and he would gift them with his spirit for his purposes. This is on all people. All people. And so if for any reason you want to exclude yourself from the idea that you can hear God's voice, you have to take issue with that scripture and you have to argue with Peter and you have to deny scripture. Okay, so good luck with that. Okay, but seriously, like if that's still your hard posture and you're struggling, please come get prayer. Because right, there's a lie in you that, that really the Lord needs to break. Okay? And we love seeing the Lord break those sorts of lies. But his spirit is poured out. And notice that Joel talks about visions and he talks about dreams. Two of the things that I'll, I'll talk about in a little while. Our scripture is so full of our God who loves to speak. And the range is amazing. So he speaks through a burning bush. He speaks through visions and dreams. He speaks through angels. He speaks through impressions. I'm going to give examples of some of these later. He tells some of his leaders where to fight and when to fight. He gives war strategies. We know the famous story from Judges 7 when he's talking to Gideon. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps the water, laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. 
And I know the idea here is that the men who brought the water to their mouths were aware and they were paying attention. I think that's what I've heard before. You know, I, it, maybe God should have done it on sizes of biceps or something, you know? Um, it seems a little random. Gideon's saying, well, he's actually been in like 15 battles, Lord, and I'd like to keep that one, you know? This is the Lord's standard, and he's, you know, he makes it about himself, but he even tells Gideon how big his army should be. He tells David where to go live. He tells Cornelius to send men to Peter. He tells Ananias to go and pray for Paul. In Acts 13, the Holy Spirit tells the church to send out Barnabas and Saul. And of course, the best example that we have is Jesus himself. And, and we've talked about this, about this in the last few months. Jesus is the Son of God, yes, but he is always a demonstration to us of what is possible with the Lord. That he is operating in his flesh as a man. He's not operating in his divinity when he's hearing the Lord's voice. And he says in John 5, 19 and John 8, 28, these are the two passages where he says, I, I do what I see my Father doing and I say what I hear my Father speaking. He doesn't give a lot of detail in that. He doesn't say it was an impression. He doesn't say, I had visions or trances or dreams or I saw it all yesterday. He doesn't give us the details, but what he shows us is that there's this intimacy that's possible. And I'm pretty sure most of the time he's going by impressions, that his spirit is just connecting with what the Lord is doing. I don't think he's seeing glorious visions of everything that the Lord is doing. I think he's just so super sensitive to the spirit. And this can be our goal. In John 10, Jesus says that we are his sheep who hear his voice. And if you look at the, the structure of that sentence, it's the sheep who go on hearing his voice. It's not a once-off. There's this continuation of hearing and following, hearing and following. And some of us, some of us might think that we're not good enough. Um, some of us might have a sense of frustration that we've been asking the Lord to speak to us in new ways and, and you know, maybe something hasn't happened. Maybe we struggle with faith because of the churches we grew up in. But if you read through Scripture, if you, and I would encourage you when the book table's out, get the books which talk about hearing God's voice. And you go through scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. Like it's impossible to get to the end of scripture and think that you don't worship a God who wants to speak to you. So the only... I know I'm, I'm talking loosely about the prophetic tonight. And, we, and like I said, we'll do a few demonstrations on hearing God's voice. But hearing, hearing God's voice, is, is, it, it flows through everything that we do. We need it when, to bring words of encouragement and, and, and we need it to intercede and we need it to bring wisdom into the workplace. And we need it when we speak words of healing. You know, what, what, Lord, what are you doing? What are you asking us to pray? Like hearing his voice goes into everything. It's, it's, it's such an essential part of spreading his kingdom. So the only person that it serves if we don't believe that we can hear his voice, the only person that serves is Satan. It's for the kingdom that we have his voice. And again, please, if, if, if in any way you think you're not qualified or not worthy or something, please come get prayer. Please come get prayer. Um, 
to have that lie broken off. So just to remind us of some of the things that Tyler said about the prophetic and what it does. This is just a a short list, but it deepens our relationship with God. Remember, the prophetic is knowing something that is on the heart of God, knowing something that's in the mind of Christ. Okay, it's not just forth-telling. It's taking something that's in the heart of God and then knowing it and then speaking it out. So it deepens our relationship with God. It strengthens, encourages, and comforts others. It gives direction and courage to pursue God's will. It prepares us for difficulties. That's one I I would prefer not to acknowledge, but it's actually really important. Um, A few years ago, um, much earlier in Kath and our marriage, um, I was just innocently having a shower, as one does, getting clean, and as clear as day, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Kath will be okay. And I, well, of course. She's in bed. She's great. I made her tea. Of course she's going to be okay. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? And within 48 hours, just all hell broke loose. And I won't bore you with the details of that story. But throughout all of that hardship and pain of the next few weeks, I had that voice. The Lord had said, Kath will be okay. And I, I, I wish I'd paid more attention to it. But it was there, and God was so kind. And the, the prophetic also, it sanctifies us, and it purifies us. Um, we, we won't very often give words of correction. We certainly won't give them publicly. And I would generally say that words of correction should be left to people who are extraordinarily gifted in the prophetic or when you have a lot of experience. Because it, it is possible to get the prophetic wrong. We don't hear God perfectly. And so if, if I'm in a situation where we're actually doing freedom prayer and we're actually asking the Lord, is there something in this person's life that's actually preventing them from being free, preventing them knowing you more fully? Is there a sin in their lives? Um, and this is some, something that the person actually wants. Then we have, we have that license to speak to bring a, a correction from the Lord. Does that make sense? The, the environment is set up for correction, and the person is open to correction, and there's a, there's a humility and a surrender to correction. It's very rare, I think, when the Lord will speak to us and give us words of correction. Um, I only have a handful. Um, a few years ago, I was praying for a Taylor student, and you know, this guy came up for prayer, and I only gave this word because it was so crystal clear and it was pretty simple, um, but I just said to him, the Lord is saying, I, I believe the Lord is saying, um, when are you going to stop pretending and actually take him seriously? And it was a fairly, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't profound. Um, and that, that guy graduated, he left Taylor, he came back a few years later and told me that that word completely changed his life. Like his heart shifted and he started to encounter the Lord. He stopped pretending. For the most part, those are the most rare, I think, that we have. Um, but I must say, you know, in, in, if, if you've never, 
If you've never submitted yourself to a situation where you can be corrected, I would really, really suggest you do this. In my dad's church in England, he actually uh, forced <laughs> every person in leadership had to get prayer, had to be humble enough to receive correction. So once a month, you would get prayer so the Lord could speak if there was sin in your life that you didn't recognize. And it was amazing because the leadership had to stay humble before the Lord and before their peers. We haven't done that here yet, but we might, Matt. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, so moving on quickly, I just want to tell you nine ways, okay? How does, the, how does the Lord speak to us? I can't go through all of these with scriptural examples, so I might just give you the verses. Okay, there's lots of ways, like the donkey way, okay? But we don't, that doesn't happen very often. The Lord has never spoken to me through my horse uh, explicitly. Yeah, I need to get a donkey, okay? So... First thing, and I think this is the most common, just impressions, gut feel, okay? Um, Paul says in Acts 20 that he was compelled by the Spirit or bound by the Spirit, this gut feel. This is um, in Acts 8 when he's talking about um, the Spirit not permitting him to enter various regions, right? This gut, this I don't think the Holy Spirit was standing there kind of punching him in the face, you know? It was just this gut feel, oh, no, the Lord's not in this. Let's not go. In James 15, James says, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good. Yeah, this impression. Secondly, pictures. And, and we've, we've, we talk about this, so we get these mental images. The most clear that we have in Scripture is John 1, where Jesus says to Nathaniel that I saw you sitting under the tree before Philip spoke to you. And this thing makes, this word, this simple picture makes Nathaniel declare that Jesus is the Christ. You know? Just a simple picture. And they can be so powerful because pictures, and, you know, and again, listen to Tyler's sermon, pictures, we, we get them. Sometimes you don't have to interp interpret them. Sometimes you just give them whatever they are. Let the person interpret them. But they can be so powerful. I, I prayed for a young girl once, um, and, and, and she was... You could see she was really confident and she was really beautiful. And she came up for prayer. And, and I just had this picture of her sitting in a, in a, in a ball, weeping her eyes out. And, 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 I just, and I felt the Lord's pain for her. And I said, I, said, I just believe the Lord sees you. And he sees the pain. And, and people think that you are really popular and you have all these friends. But you're really lonely inside, aren't you? And she just started to weep. And the Lord brought healing and not just healing for the loneliness, but she realized that God saw her and loved her. A simple picture. Scripture is, is full of stories of visions. So visions, different people classify them in different ways. Um, read Ezekiel if you want to see someone have visions. Daniel if you want to have someone have visions. But they're almost like a picture, but seeing lots of pictures or almost like a movie that you're watching this thing actually happen. With, with the Spirit. It's, it's with your mind, but it's also in the Spirit. It's not, does that make sense? I, we'll just pray that you have them, and then they'll know what, know what it feels like, okay? Um, so we have visions, we also have trances. So um, in Acts 10, it, we're told that Peter has this trance where he sees the sheet being lowered, which is this beautiful moment where the Lord is about to declare that Gentiles, that we are going to be 
entering into the kingdom of God. What a moment for all of us. But he's in this trance. So trances, um, they're like a vision, but there's more the sense that you're actually you're participating in it. So you're not seeing something about someone else, but you're actually a participant. So it's like a dream, but you're awake. Um, Really amazing. I, I've, I've think I've had three of them. And every time I've had a trance, it's been, it's been a time where I've where I've actually met Jesus and had a conversation with him and seen him, and it's it's completely transformative. And for me, they've always been personal, and I'm very grateful for that. But um, God can show you things and bring you into stories and bring you into His truth. Then we have dreams. Dreams. It's the simplest thing to do is when you go to sleep, say, Lord, will you speak to me in my dreams? Because the beautiful thing about dreams is that your mind is no longer getting in the way and your stubbornness is no longer getting in the way and your religious spirit is no longer getting in the way and your upbringing is no longer getting in the way. It's just you and the Lord and he can speak to you and he can tear that veil between the natural and the supernatural. And dreams are beautiful. And if you have dreams that you think of from the Lord, ask someone. Ask someone to pray about them. Ask someone who has dreams from the Lord. Get a book about dreams because God speaks in certain ways and, and through certain things. And certain animals mean certain things and certain colors mean certain things. Like He's consistent in the way that he uses dreams. There might be certain characters that he uses. So I know when I have a certain type of dream, there's a certain person who's in my dream, I know that means Jesus. Like Just over the years, I've known that that character is always Jesus. So I'm super excited when I dream about this person. But it, 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 it just gets rid of our striving and our reluctance and everything else. And just, it's not you, Matt. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you really thought it was. But, no, um, <laughs> but ask the Lord to dream. So you know, one of the most beautiful examples we have in Scripture is when Joseph dreams. Um, and he's told... He's told to marry Mary, or to take Mary as his wife. We have angelic visitations. In Acts 8, um, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Jacob, Abraham, John the Baptist, Mary, uh, Joshua, and so on and so forth have angels visit them. Can I just ask, how many of you have actually asked the Lord to send you an angel? Well, like, can I see an angel? Okay, cool. Like, we're all allowed to ask for that. All right, it's in Scripture. I'm not sure there's an example. I'd have to go through all the stories. God normally sends angels sovereignly in his own right, doesn't he? But they're often in response to prayer. Daniel being a great example. Ask the Lord, will you reveal your kingdom to me? Will you speak to me? I have two friends who have had angelic appearances and had conversations with angels. And not surprisingly, they were completely and utterly changed after these events. One of, the, one of these people was just getting used to the idea that the Holy Spirit spoke and that there was actually a supernatural realm. And then she was woken up with a tap on her shoulder and two angels standing next to her bed. And her husband regrettably slept through the whole thing. 
<laughs> she only woke him up afterwards. Um, yeah, just incredible. Um, and then we have, second to last, we have God's audible voice. And again, this is pretty rare. Obviously, we have it with Saul on the, on the road to Damascus. Um, I've heard God's audible voice once, and that might be enough. I'd, I'd like to hear it again, but, but it is in Scripture. There's so many examples in the Old Testament where it says the Lord spoke. We, we don't always know if that was audible or if that was in the Spirit. I think we can presume at least some of them were audible. But Acts 9 is our clearest New Testament example. And then obviously and finally and certainly not least, we have Scripture. That God speaks through His Holy Word. And so we talk about, we talk about Scripture jumping out at us. It's a, a coming alive. Uh, a great example of this is in Daniel 9, where it says in 9 verses 2 and 3, you read it later, but Daniel says he was reading Jeremiah and he understood the judgment of Israel and the desolation of Jerusalem that that scripture came alive to him, and he understood. But I think we've all, all felt this, that we read something, and it comes alive to us, and we hear the Spirit saying, this is for you. Or listen to these, or, or, or think about this, or pray into these ideas. And he leads us into more. That happened to me a few years ago when I was reading 1 Corinthians 4, 19 to 21. Well, it's still, still a, it's, it's a scripture that, it eggs me on and I love it and I, and, you know, because Paul, Paul says that the kingdom of God is not in words but it's in power. It's in power. And I'm coming to you and I will see your power. Yeesh. And as soon as I read that, the Holy Spirit said to me, where's your power? And it came alive and it's been antagonizing me ever since. And I see the power of God but I, I know there's more. Man, I still, I still long for the day at Taylor Chapel where some guy on stage says something and someone else runs up and challenges him. I don't care about your words. Let me see your power. Hey, how cool would that be? Maybe Mick, that might be you. We'll see. I could totally see Mick doing that, actually. So. <laughs> and he would be obedient if the Lord told him to. So uh, I wonder if tenure protects you from that sort of thing. I don't know. We'll see. So we, we have these things. Okay? These are all scriptural. They're, they're available to all of us. Um, and then I was thinking, okay, Lord, what do I say to this body? Like, how do we step into this? And, and, and obviously, I'd love to give you a 10-point plan, you know. Um, and there is no rule, but there are really clear principles, which I think we're all used to hearing in this body. I know we're used to these, um, but this was the list that I got for what it's worth. First of all, believe in your heart that he actually loves to speak and that he wants to speak to you. Delight in hearing his voice. That hearing, his, hearing God's voice is about what's on his heart. It's, it's what he wants to say. And it is a conversation, but, but it's not primarily for him to hear us. It's for us to hear him and his heart and what he wants to do in his kingdom through us. Treasure his voice. And then thirdly and fourthly, we, we have to be connected. And to be connected, we have to give him space. 
We have to cultivate his voice in our lives. And if we're constantly busy and constantly noisy and constantly doing stuff, it's just going to be harder to hear him. And he will speak. And when he really needs us to hear, he will make sure we hear because he's got a really loud voice. But the more that we cultivate the sensitivity that Christ shows us, the more we'll hear him. And the more that we will actually take his voice and take his will into everything that we do. Everything that we do. He has a view on. And he can lead us in. So give him space to speak. And then lastly, that we seek him for the delight of connection, but we also delight in knowing that he will use us to bless others. If we, if we have no grid for God blessing people because we have no grid for him blessing us, we're not going to do much in the kingdom. If we encounter him and we encounter his love and we encounter his mercy and his grace and his peace and his joy, his forgiveness, his love, all these things, if we encounter these and we actually truly know them, then this is the best thing we can give anyone around us. And then to cultivate his voice is to, to make ourselves available. And, and I'm seriously running out of time here, but I'm almost done. Um, remember that God is spirit. That he will speak by his spirit, and he will speak mostly to our spirit. And even if we are hearing with our ears an audible voice, it's because we have the spirit of God in us, I believe, that allows us to do that clearly. We have, we have to tune our ears to the Spirit. And so I, I just wanted to give a quick demonstration. I know a lot of us do this, uh, but for those who, who are just not used to trying to do this in the natural, um, I, I just, I'd like a volunteer who would just like to get a word. Giselle, you're the first. All right, come up, Giselle. Um, Giselle, while you're coming, will you grab one of these white chairs? Okay. All right. And you just put it down here and take a seat. Okay. So Giselle, let's imagine Giselle. She's sitting in Starbucks. I know you go there sometimes. Okay. She's sitting in Starbucks and she's minding her own business. She's on her phone. Okay. And then Amanda and Matt just happened to be walking into Starbucks on a date. Okay, so if you can go over there, Matt. Okay. So I didn't tell Matt she was gonna be doing this. Okay. <laughs> so I did tell Amanda, but not Matt. Okay. Um, so I wanted, it to, I wanted it to be more natural. So they're on a date, they're going to Starbucks, and, and, and so the, the language that we, we might use is that we walk into a room and God highlights someone. There's no, <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no ideal phrase, but you just imagine, like, you just have this little pull, like they're a magnet to the spirit in you. Um, sometimes people do kind of sense the spirit on people. They may even kind of stand out with a glow or something, but you just feel this, this pull, or the Lord might just start speaking. You might look at someone and just, oh, suddenly there are these words coming. And say, okay, this is the Lord, because I don't know this person, and I certainly wasn't thinking about them, and now I'm thinking all these things about them. Okay, so if you guys could simulate what this could look like, that would be amazing. And I'm just praying that the, <laughs> I'm praying the Lord gives you a word for Giselle. 
So the first thing to say, uh, it's just, uh, this is why asking Matt was probably a bad idea, is <laughs> you should always be completely normal, okay? Just <laughs> be completely normal. And, um, <laughs> you, you want to use like normal words, speaking English, you know. What's your name? Giselle. Hi, Giselle. Good to meet you. Um, we were just over here. We're just on a little date, and uh, we were kind of interrupted because we felt like the Lord had some things to say to you. Um, would you want to hear them? Awesome. Okay. Um, well, I just saw like these like stars above your head, and it was like a constellation, and it was like the Lord is going to be connecting things in your life in like this next season, and I felt like it was going to be a season of remembering your life and like Him connecting things for you. Because um, he loves you. So, do you have anything for us? Yeah. Sorry for the nonverbal communication earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Practicing my mime. Yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, your eyes, um, and your eyes were very piercing, and they were they were seeing things. But then your eyes started changing colors. And they started like shifting through different colors, and I feel like you have a, a gift of discernment. Um, which you use actively, but the Lord's going to be like, um, at, like adding variation to the way that you discern and, and, and letting you discern in different ways with different like colors and flavors and stuff like that. So I think that'll be a really like exciting thing that he starts doing with you. And then I might like if, if this person, if I, if I didn't know this person <laughs> and know that she goes to church, I might go like... Um, yeah, God really loves you. Do you know him personally like that? Does he speak to you? And then I don't know what you... I do know him. <laughs> and then if you, if you said that, I'd be like, that's awesome. And then maybe we could talk about that. Yeah. But. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting us do that. Thank you, Giselle. You were a great prayer victim. Thank you. And those were, those were real words, weren't they? Yeah. Yes, they weren't um, just made up, obviously. Um, so <laughs> don't, um, don't be surprised if the Lord actually wants to speak to a lot more people than you think. And don't be surprised, um, especially if you're in a Christian community, that there are people who are really hurting. And they might read scripture every day, and they might come from really loving homes, but they're hurting for some reason. And actually, one thing that will make a huge difference to them is to, to, to hear a word from the Lord. And like I said earlier, it's not just the content of the word, but it's the fact that the Lord is actually paying attention to them. That, that this blessing, it's a double blessing. Um, I think that was the, most, the first time I ever had personal prayer where, the, where people spoke. It, it wasn't just that the words were accurate, it was that I knew that the only only God knew the depths of my heart and knew that those words were precious to me and he was paying such attention to me. So I want, us, I want to close with a prayer. Um, and it's, I want us to pray, you know, last week, Matt, when we finished, Matt prayed um, that we would lean in. And I, I want us to do that again. And, and I also just want to pray, um, 
You know, Paul, Paul says, do not quench the Spirit. He tells us to pursue prophecy. If, um, if, if you think you've quenched the Spirit in, in terms of um, running away from Him, fearing the prophetic, um, would, you just, would you just give that to Him in repentance? It's not a, it's not a big thing. It's, it's just simply saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any time I've quenched your spirit. Will you, will you build intimacy with me by your spirit? Will you introduce me again to your spirit? At some stage in the series, I will come back and talk about you know, some, of the, some of the don'ts and where this goes wrong. But you know, for the most part, we have to start doing it a lot before we even get it wrong. Okay? <laughs> we have to step in. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you, we, we are so grateful that we, we worship a God who speaks to us. You're not just high and lifted up and exalted and worshipped, but you are a God who speaks and a God who loves and a God who is with us. You are God with us. Jesus, wherever we are in our walk with you, wherever we are in how we have heard you speak, how we have known your direction, how we have encountered your spirit, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would take us deeper. that you would draw us into new things, that you would draw us into new intimacy. And we, we declare, Lord Jesus, that we are leaning into you and into your ways. We are ambassadors of your kingdom, not our own, and and we want to operate according to your rules and your ways. So Holy Spirit, will you increase in us? And will you increase our sensitivity to our Savior and to our Father? Lord, I ask that our spiritual ears would be opened. Lord, I ask that there would be visions and there would be dreams and there would be people who hear your voice. And there would be people who grow in the clarity of the pictures and the visions that they see. We lean in, Lord. 
And we declare to our willingness to speak. That this is not about just you and us, Lord, but it's about your kingdom going to those who are broken around us. So, Lord, we declare if you speak, we will speak. That we will be obedient to your voice. Lord, would you forgive us where we have grieved your spirit, where we have denied, we have denied him. We have declared that we are not worthy or able. Forgive us, Jesus. This is a prayer of John Wesley's that I'll close with. Lord, you listen to us and you call us by name when you answer. Thank you for the privilege we have to be children and come bounding into your presence. Help us to be quiet and listen while you share your ideas, dreams, and love with us. We want to hear everything you have to tell us. Thank you, Jesus.